When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael. And I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. My guest this evening is Eric Kajewski, founder and owner of Tradcat Night, the most followed and viewed traditional Catholic apostolate worldwide specializing in the message of Fatima, prophecy, and these end times. He has been featured on various Catholic alternative news outlets, and now he is here with us tonight. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Welcome back to another dose of the Michael Deacon program. Tonight certainly will be a bit of a rattlesnake. Always an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you to those listening here in America and those who listen outside of America. Really do appreciate you being here with all of us here tonight. Now, let's get down to business. Eric, how are you doing? Good, Michael. How are you? I can't complain. Doing well. Excellent. Oh, yes. That's- Oh, Glad yes. to get on your show. Oh, me too. I've been trying to reach out to you for a while now, but of course I've been lagging. But I'm glad it's come to uh, fruition here tonight. Good. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show and giving me an opportunity to kind of ex- explain things from uh, a traditional Catholic perspective, which is probably going to be a little bit different than what you normally would hear. That's uh, true. In general. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just tonight, or just earlier this afternoon, I did another program with another gentleman. And, you know, he really wasn't too fond of the Catholic view. We'll get into that, though. Don't worry. But before we begin, Eric, can we talk a little bit about your background? Sure. Well, personally, um, you know, I guess growing up, I've always kind of studied uh, not only just end times in general, but secret societies. You know, I was raised Catholic. I actually fell away from the church for a while. I have a pretty um, compelling conversion story, became a playboy uh, you know, became an alcoholic, a womanizer, this or that, kind of lived the American dream and, uh, you know, came back to the church. And it was, in my opinion, through, through the rosary itself, um, which has been very, uh, integral, uh, as it relates to my own uh, spirituality and kind of getting myself back on track. And so I came back to the church and I started piecing this all together. I was a, a businessman beforehand. I have a master's degree in business, was relatively successful in my late twenties. Uh, before going through a series of, of health issues, uh, which still kind of continue on this day. 
Um, so I try to do my best to kind of work around some of the crosses that Jesus has given me. But, Understood, yes. um, but yeah, I mean, I just try to, you know, like I said, on a daily basis, um, you know, at trancatnight.blogspot.com, we try to handle things from a, a traditional Catholic perspective, you know, relaying all the end time, uh, news, uh, church apostasy news, you know, all the latest earth changes, days of lot news. I mean, you, you name it, you know, I, I basically cover it and I also have my own. Uh, radio show, as you, you probably know, bringing on all the top guests uh, from around the world and, and covering all of these various right. areas, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, economics or geoengineering or Planet X or whatnot, and trying to tie it all together, basically, to paint a very vibrant picture, you know, that these are those days that uh, Jesus and the early church fathers of the Catholic Church warned about. Yeah, so you were a bit of a womanizer yourself. It sounds like you lived the life of a politician. <laughs> well, yeah, not quite a politician, but yeah, I, I got really bad morally. Uh, oh, no. Went off course and, you know, like I said, through a series of uh, health issues, you could say, and God kind of hit me all at once between, you know, losing my home, losing my job, losing my girl at that time. You lost your home? Me. Yeah, lost my home down oh, my. in Raleigh. I basically had to move back uh, to the Ohio Valley where I did my undergrad and graduate and uh, you know, to this day, I'm still c- kind of in and around family, which has really worked out, uh, for the better, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I live kind of like an urban hermit now, you, you know, really stressing prayer and reading and scripture. And I, I do believe down the road that Jesus does want me to start an order for the Catholic Church that will help transition people through this period, uh, that we're about to see. We'll, we'll kind of sit back and wait and I'll pray on that. But I do believe in the not so distant future that will come to fruition as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? It's just, I think that's pretty typical when you look at some of the lives of the saints in the Catholic Church. They weren't all goody two shoes and Bible thumpers to, to begin with. And right. some really miraculous stories like St. Francis of Assisi or St. Augustine, who was also a, a womanizer himself, uh, and became one of the greatest, you know, doctors in the Catholic Church. So I think by today's standards, we all kind of are womanizers. <laughs> yeah, according to modern standards. Exactly. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Now, Eric, um, one thing I did want to get into, into, uh, it here right away, uh, is the end time since this is called end of days. And many do believe we are indeed approaching the end times. What do you have to say about that? Are, are you in agreement? Well, generally speaking, what the, what the church has said again, I can only teach from a Catholic church perspective that with the death of our Lord, technically speaking, we're in the end times. Now, as it relates to the more, near coming of his, his second coming, if you will, I do believe that we're headed towards that. I'm not of the mindset that I think it's going to happen over the next few years, as as some seem to indicate. Um, you know, as Catholics, I'm probably sure you know this, Michael. I'll, I'll try to help over the course of this conversation what Catholics teach and what Protestants will teach in certain areas. That way, at least your listeners have both sides, or at least maybe they, maybe they do know. Uh, but, you know, we don't believe in any pre or mid uh, rapture, uh, theory, which was, which has been condemned by the, the, the Catholic Church. Um, but we do see certain signs that the early church fathers warned about. And one specifically relates to how they talked about when you start seeing the third temple being rebuilt, you know that you're in those days, so to speak. That's just one of the signs. I, I recently just did a blog where I gave nine major signs. It's called the ugly truth. You can search Google, uh, nine major signs that were in the end times. Uh, but that's what they're talking about right now. They're in the process. Uh, they're now saying that it could be done over the next, you know, years, two to three years. And so that gives you an indication that we're not, you know, a decade or so away, two decades or so away. And, uh, 
we were talking off air, I think it was last week or sometime, Michael, where I told you for my next round of media appearances, I'm going to put together a, a presentation or a program where I'm going to demonstrate right. how mm-hmm. this Maitreya character, that's his general name, is going to be your biblical antichrist. And I'm going to demonstrate via from scripture, from what the early Catholic Church fathers uh, had to say on the antichrist and all of the approved mystics in the Catholic Church and Marian revelations, and then show what he is saying from his own website and his apologetics to demonstrate to you all that this is the guy unequivocally. Uh, to me, it's it's not even, do I think 98%? I'm 100% certain. I mean, there's not even any doubt in my mind anymore that this is going to be our guy, and uh, he'll be arriving onto the scene shortly after this economic collapse or reset here uh, in the West. Um but yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the end times, I mean, there's so many different things we we can talk about. I I know you had mentioned you wanted me to specifically talk about uh, the three days of darkness tonight. So if you want to just cover uh, that main area, some of the proxy yeah, we can go into that. Signs. No problem. I know you're familiar with, I believe, uh, Mr. Marshall Masters, uh, another affiliate of this program. He talks a little bit about that himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's all well, there's there's quite a few planet X researchers. I've had them pretty much all on my show. He's a good uh, guy. But yeah. Whether it's, you know, John Moore or I recently just had Steve Olson on the show. Uh, I had Marshall masters on the show uh, last year. Um, but yeah, the three days of darkness, uh, you know, just speaking from a scriptural standpoint, we find it in Exodus 10 uh, in the old Testament to kind of set precedence that there was a three days of darkness. And as we know, it ties in with the 10 plagues uh, of Egypt. Well, we're now seeing, those uh, plagues, if you will, happen all over again. And as a matter of fact, uh, many websites, including myself, reported upon another major river in Russia uh, turning blood red. We have locust swarms everywhere, whether it's, you know, in the Middle East or in Russia. I mean, we're, we're seeing all of these signs happen all over again. So many Planet X slash Nibiru slash Black Star, as Terrell Black Star calls it, um, they believe that this was an earlier past. Seems to make sense to me. Uh, I don't put myself in the category of being a Planet X, you know, expert, but it certainly makes sense to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it relates to the three days of darkness, um, from a Catholic perspective, you know, there were some, there, there are proximate, what are called proximate signs and then more immediate signs. And, uh, that's hopefully what we can talk about in terms of a structure, uh, tonight. And then maybe just get right into the three days of darkness, you know, kind of like what to expect. Um, now, this goes back to scripture, of course, where our Lord, Lord is talking. I believe it's in Luke 21, um, 25. You know, he's giving all the signs and this or that. So he's, he's demonstrating all the signs that will happen. And then, of course, this ties in with Matthew 24, where he's essentially talking about this, the same signs. But then he goes on to say that after uh, this great tribulation, that th- then this is when we'll see. Um, you know, basically the, the, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Now it's important to understand because this is going to be the event that wipes out the Antichrist, the false prophet and the new world order. Again, I can only teach from a Catholic perspective, Michael. It's long been foretold that, that the three days of darkness wipes out all of the enemies of the Catholic church. It's not just related to the new world order. Um, so I have to make sure that, you know, that I'm clear in saying that I'm not trying to upset or disturb anyone. But basically, it's a reset button for the Catholic Church to come back into the world for a shorter period of time. It's called uh, what we're expecting, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart or uh, the social reign of Christ. And so that's what the early church fathers taught. There's a message called Fatima, which is recently 
been under attack that I've had to defend. Unfortunately, there was someone out there that's been kind of talking smack about Fatima where I had to point out uh, some of his errors. I actually talked to him offline before he even put that piece out. Oh, I demonstrated all of his errors and he, he simply didn't want to listen. Uh, but the Fatima message is true and authentic. Uh, 1917, basically, the Blessed Virgin Mary was warning us of apostasy in the church, the sect of Freemasonry, basically taking it over, which is Luciferian uh, in the end. So that's why you're, you're, you're seeing the Vatican just going. They're just it's crazy what's coming out of the Vatican. So real Catholics, I hate to put it like this because I disturb a lot of Catholics when I say this or people who identify themselves as Catholics. Real Catholics are not fooled by what's been going on in the Vatican for the past 50 years. We've been infiltrated. They're wolves in cle- uh, uh, sheep's clothing. They're at the upper echelons in the church, including position of the pope, if you will. And they're leading people astray into this one world religion. There's going to be, as you know from Scripture, a false prophet. Um who many there's I actually know some notable theologians in the church who think Francis is the false prophet. Well, he's not. There's someone coming after Francis that's going to be far worse than Francis, and I'm no fan of Francis. If anyone who's followed my work, I do think he's a high-ranking uh, Freemason based upon the things that he's teaching, but also some of these hand signs that he's giving off. And it just, it just, you put two and two together to me, it does it makes sense that it's a little strange. That's true. Even some of the Catholics I talk to are under the same notion. Yeah, thankfully, you know, he's so he's so far left that it's now opening the eyes of those who are kind of like straddling the fence. You know, they used to call me crazy at one point. Now they come to me and they want to learn. They want to know, like, okay, you know, we've been infiltrated. Uh, there, there was uh, a, a quote-unquote council back in the early 60s of the church, which essentially implemented the principles of this one-world religion, the Novus Ordo religion, right, Novus Ordo Seclorum which Pope Paul VI, at the end of the council in 1965, he was speaking to the humanists of the world, he said, and and anyone who studied Freemasonry knows that that's their philosophy is humanism. And ultimately, they want a church that's going to be free of dogma, which which ties in with secular humanism. So what they're trying to do is work from the inside, root out all proper Catholic doctrine, basically prepare the way for this religion of self, because the the new religion will actually be a self-realization program. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I just did an article on Antichrist Maitreya, when he shows up, he's going to tell the world publicly and formally that you are a God, that in and of yourself, you don't need Jesus Christ. You, you just, you yourself are a God. Ah, yes. Okay. So this, this is what, you know, this is one of the more proximate signs. I'll, I'll get back to, uh, you know, the, the, the six or seven major ones, but you know, this is found in scripture where it's lovers of self. Well, the world is being prepared for the man of lawlessness. It's kind of an everything goes type of religion. That's why we see all the sodomite uh, agenda, you know, transgenderism. I mean, it's it's like a royal rumble religion, like anything uh-huh. goes, really. Yes. And, and Eric, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I'm just kind of curious what you uh, will say about this. Uh, what what social stigma does society need to get over? What social stigma? I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what social stigma do you think society needs to get over in, in this current time that we live in? Well, I don't know. I mean, from from my perspective, I would like to see the kind of anti-Catholic bigotry kind of go away. Um, that's from my perspective. I mean, again, you could go on air, and that's why I'm not really, you know, there, there'll be some shows who identify, you know, as Christian that just will never have me on just because I'm a Catholic. I mean, they won't even hear me out. Uh, And so, you know, forget about Mm -hmm. the whole sodomite agenda. The whole attack on just Catholics in general is is just 
it's it's I mean it's it's something we've been preparing for as Catholics. Lots but, of people you know, are very judgmental, as you know, Eric. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, just take for example, you know, if I just kind of reiterate some things out of Scripture and what some of the early church fathers have said concerning some of these other groups, uh, you know, I'll just say, you know, and one in general, like on the Jews or something, you know, I get labeled an anti-Semite. Well, the problem is that comes right from Scripture, uh, like 2 Thessalonians, uh, I think it's 2, 14 through 16. I mean, I'll literally put that out there and I'll get labeled an anti-Semite, yet it comes right from Scripture. So my point is, is, you know, the Catholic religion and Catholics in general are being bashed, whereas if you say anything about anyone else, it's like, ooh, you know, what, you know, why are you talking about the Jews or why are you talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. this particular group or the Sodomites or this or that? And they don't realize how judgmental they're being, I guess, is, is, you know, the best way of putting it. So, you know, that's, that for me is kind of in a nutshell. It's, you know, it's something that we've been anticipating as Catholics and ultimately, this kind of deliverance that we're we're expecting as Catholics will come from the hand of God, and that's why we're talking about the three days of darkness, because that's kind of like God's reset button, like the old Nintendo system. He's going right. to hit that reset button, and everything will be restarted for us, so we can basically, you know, start over, basically. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's out, you know, it's out and about, and trust me, I've been I've been doing this now for for a while, so I know who who kind of doesn't want to hear from me based upon. I mean, I've even had. You know, guests who I've tried to bring on the show literally tell me that. Uh, oh like, my! Oh, you're you know you're a Catholic. You know, I would never be on your show. Like big names, I, I could I don't want to wow. really drop too many names, but yeah, and that's you know I'm like okay, well you're not going to drop what? names. I don't want you on my show then. <laughs> you're not going to drop names, Eric. That, that's okay if you do. It's all about burning bridges sometimes. Well, one of them was James Rawls, who's I think he's like a like kind of like a prepper or survivalist. I think he's been on Alex Jones or this uh, or that. And I kind of got into it with him. I see. You know, off the air. Uh, he, that's he, funny. He's just he's just a knucklehead to me. Um, you know, but you know, the bottom line is, is that that's just how it goes. You know, everything that I state from a position will come from what the church has always said, what these early apostles said who were in and around, you know, Jesus Christ himself within the, the first, you know, three, four hundred years of the church. And they made it very clear on, you know, certain signs, um, you know, certain signs to see and, and, and things to follow. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, Michael. I mean, there, there really is. And that's why I invited you here. Uh, you're, you're a great guest and I kind of knew you would be. And going just to backtrack quickly here. Um, how, how long have you been doing your show for, Eric? Uh, let's see. The, well, Tradcat Night started about four years ago. I was, I was originally doing some loose work with, uh, I started another website. I co-founded another website called Defeat Modernism, then left that. Started Tradcat Night. This is our fourth year uh, in operation, and the radio show has been going probably in between two and three years now. And I have very nice, uh, you know, a YouTube channel which covers certain sections. There's a whole section on Catholic prophecy. I've got a whole other section on Planet X birth pangs. I've got the most comprehensive video that's available on the Three Days of Darkness out there. I think it's close to 30 minutes long. It went viral. It's got like a million and a half views or something like that. I mean, if you just go to YouTube and type in Three Days of Darkness, it should be one of the first videos to to pop up. Um, but it covers, you know, what all of the approved Catholic mystics and seers had to say on it. And I try to make it a little bit entertaining and, and flow a certain way so people can kind of follow along and, and kind of show that th- this is the times that we live in. Uh, God has to kind of step in and intervene so that the church can survive because he, he did say, and I think it's Matthew 16, 20, where he talks about the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. They're going to do their, their damn hardest to try to wipe off, 
you know, Catholics slash Christians in general, uh, from the face of the earth, but it's going to be God who, who deliver, delivers us. And it's specifically during these three days in, in which he'll do that. Yes. And by the way, what influenced you to start a, a show, Eric? Did you always have like an interest or um, kind of just well, fell into it? Well, I thought it would be a good way to kind of integrate the knowledge that I had and kind of rub shoulders with some of these other people you would see in the more mainstream, if you will, in the alternative mm-hmm. world to where now I can have conversations off the air with certain guests, uh, which I typically do. I mean, I, I just, you know, recently started doing the Sarah Westall shows. So I talked with her off the air for about an hour and tr- told her to pay attention to, you know, to certain things. So, you know, it was about networking. I wanted, you know, other people uh, to know the traditional Catholic perspective because, again, you kind of look at what you see in the, in the Vatican these days and your everyday person who identifies, self-identifies as a Christian says, man, I'd never become a Catholic. Look, look, what, look what's going on in the Vatican. Well, the problem is not even the Vatican is teaching Catholicism. <laughs> That's how we know we're in the end times. That's actually the first proximate sign uh, of the three days of darkness is this apostasy in the Catholic Church was recorded in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Paul records this revolt, a general revolt. So we all know about, you know, the French Revolution in general from a Catholic perspective. You know, obviously we don't agree with Protestantism, which was a more general uh, revolt away from Catholicism. But then we had this revolt, the Second Vatican Council, okay, in the early 1960s, of which several cardinals, certain cardinals, even identified it as the French Revolt in the church, including Cardinal Sunans. Uh, so there was another uh, what we call resistant-minded uh, archbishop. His name was Lefebvre. He's kind of like one of the leaders of the traditionalist movement, if you will. I hate to really call it traditionalist movement. We're just Catholics, really, right. who, have, who have identified that we're not going along with these wolves who are leading people into this this one world religion. It's not just going to be Catholics. You obviously see now in the past year or so, Michael, Lutherans now getting involved. You see the whole interfaith movement. You know, you see Francis talking to these atheists and saying, don't worry about converting to Catholicism. Just obey your conscience. Like what Pope in their right mind says that kind of stuff? So, you know, the bottom line is it's, it's very glaring. So that's literally the first proximate sign of the three days of darkness is this revolution in the Catholic Church, which Paul says would precede the arrival of the Antichrist. And overall, it's it's a turning of society in general away from Christianity into this New Age religion under the false prophet and this false Christ, if you will. So it's a complete shift, a rerouting of people from uh, what we would say is proper Christianity to this kind of new man-centered social justice gospel that we're seeing that everyone's got to have their equality and their say and Again, it's going to be, you know, every man for himself, basically, in this new religion. All you got to do is take the mark, right? Take the mark and pledge your allegiance, and you'll be able to buy or sell. You'll be able to participate in society. Well, we know as Christians we can't do that. We know we're about to go underground. Yeah, we're about to get chipped, all of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting about that, the early church fathers, and, and there was another uh, mystic, St. Hildegard. She was a well-respected mystic in Germany. I forget what century, but she talked uh, at length about this, um, what she called a counterfeit baptism. So in the Catholic religion, we've got these seven sacraments, right? One of which will be baptism. Yeah. Well, in this new age religion that will, will, will come in Rome. And that's essentially, you know, for those who are not Catholic, who don't know and understand this, the early church fathers made it very adamant that during the end, Rome would return to ancient paganism. All of the esteemed theologians taught this, and I'm not going to bore you with all their names. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, originally, 
Rome was paganistic. Then it adopted, you know, under Constantine, the, the Catholic religion. But then the church fathers said that during the end times, it's going to return to ancient paganism and that uh, the Antichrist and his false prophet would drive away the true vicar, the true pope away from Rome, and they basically would, would seize it. And then this is when pagan Rome will be destroyed. That's, you know, recorded in the apocalypse. It's actually recorded in the message. There's a, a message in the church called La Salette in 1846, which is highly apocalyptic. If you want to read something to make uh, the hair stand up on the back of your head, because it's, it's basically a rewrite of the apocalypse, but it's it's very precise and very specific. Um, even, even more so than what we know in the apocalypse. Not that it's greater than scripture. It's not. It's just, it, it supports what scripture says. It's just more detailed, I guess. Um, so that's what we're seeing. And that's what's interesting is there's a lot of Catholics, Michael, who don't even hold Francis as the true pope. Uh, we believe that he's an imposter pope, an anti-pope. The true pope of the Catholic Church is Benedict the 16th, as egregious as he was with his teachings. Uh, and, and this is where I can't bore you with, with theology and the difference between a material heretic and a formal heretic. There's arguments even within the Catholic community over that. Um, but nevertheless, I don't hold a positive opinion. Like, I don't think he's some stellar champion of Catholicism. Right. But nevertheless, he's still, I mean, he, he did things to help destroy the church too, doctrinally and just with other scandals and, and things along that line. But the bottom line, he still is the true pope. You know, he's kind of giving some inkling that maybe he's starting to repent a little bit of Vatican II. He's he's warning that the church is going underground. He's mentioned that in some of his memoirs. Um, you know, he, he's telling people to pay attention to the message of Fatima, which the message of Fatima basically, I, I didn't think I elaborate on this, basically was warning the world of this general apostasy, the one world religion coming, but then also basically the tribulation that we're about to go through. And, uh, that's why it's not being released uh, to the public for obvious reasons. You know, the Masons and the Marxists in the Vatican don't want you to know that there's a general apostasy. They want to keep people in ignorance and they want to keep gullible, quote unquote, Catholics following along in false obedience, thinking that they're following Catholicism when they're literally following a whole other religion. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, this is a Masonic Republic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's pretty, yeah. You know, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, it, there's a lot of good resources out there. There's a book called School of Darkness, written by Bella Dodd, who was the, I think she was the head of the Communist Party here in America. But she talked about how, you know, even long before Vatican II, over a thousand Marxist agents went into the seminaries of the Catholic Church and became priests. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure right. out where they are now. Uh, just like moving up in a corporation, you start at the bottom and you start working your way up. Uh, so these Masons and Marxists have long, I mean, they even put a blueprint out there in what was called the Alta Vendita. You can look that up as well. It's, a, it's basically an Italian lodge's blueprint for the subversion of the papacy, to, you know, to ultimately get this false prophet character in there and, and get a, what they just kind of call a united humanity, where, where people from any religion can be a part of this new religion. And obviously from a Catholic standpoint, that's, you know, a big no-no. But yeah, I mean, that's correct. They, they they run it all. You know, they run it all between the media, between the Vatican, um, between all the, the countries. It's just one big the theatrics. Uh, I had Max Egon on my show. I don't know if you had him on yet. Yeah, your show. He's really good to talk to, but he understands, uh, you know, everything that's going on. He's not Catholic, but, you know, we agree about, you know, about 95% of the things we talk about we agree upon. But that's how he puts it. You know, it's staged theatrics. Like when you turn on the TV, it's like watching a soap opera. And unfortunately, people watching the TV think the soap opera is real. Sadly, yes. I, I Like on the last show, I just said that 75% to 85% uh, 
of people here in America and outside of America are basically brainwashed. I really yeah, believe just, so. Yeah, yeah, TV is a form of, of mind control, and they need to capture as many minds as they can. That's why, you know, they're starting to censor channels like myself. There are other others who identify themselves as Christians whose YouTube channels have gone down, such as a call for an uprising. I think he's back up and running now, but then hmm. Richie from Boston, I know, went down for a little bit. I've had uh, videos censored. I can't even post my own articles on um, Twitter, I kind of have to take like a different angle and, and post it in my forum page and then repost it to oh, Twitter. Wow. I got to like try to <laughs> work around that. Um, you know, and I've been banned like a half a dozen times from virtually every social media too, depending upon, you know, what we're talking about, especially when it comes with the whole Zionist uh, aspect of this, this end game, which most Christians are, uh, being deceived upon. But that's a kind of another yeah. uh, side topic, but no worries. And, and another thing, since we were talking about the Vatican and, and, um, and times any any time I think about this, my mind automatically goes back to Father Malachi Martin and all the things he talked about for years. I always wonder i I always contemplate rather what he would think if he was still alive today about right, everything yeah. going on yeah things are things are escalating he He not only was a whistleblower he he was a Jesuit, and there is some evidence out there again with even in the, the traditional Catholic community, if you will michael he's kind of uh a figure which is kind of tossed around. Some people think he was a double agent in the Mossad, actually. Some say that, be, yes. Yeah, some, you know, some say that. There seems to be some evidence. All I say is that his testimony on the third secret is accurate. And, you know, he got out of the Vatican, was basically blowing, tooting his horn, not only in the Jesuit order, which is the most highly infected order out of all of them. They're the most liberal. They're the most new age. Um, but, you know, he tooted the horn just in general on this general apostasy. Uh, but maybe some of your viewers don't know. He, he also warned, uh, I would say more indirectly of Planet X and he gave talks with, uh, Art Bell talking about how there's, you know, Vatican observatory, you know, being set up, you know, they're watching the skies. There was another observatory, uh, called Lucifer down there in, uh, Mount Graham in Arizona. There's another one that's actually run by the government in Arizona, which is literally called Project Wormwood. If that wants to, you know, if you, <laughs> if you want to, give any indication on what they're looking at and that, that of course with the apocalypse uh and what we believe uh is this approaching binary system uh this is where i disagree with some planet x researchers like steve olson and i don't agree on this he, he's he, he's of the opinion that wormwood is planet x and to me it's not Wormwood's going to be an asteroid or a comet of this system approaching uh because in scripture it talks about how it it, it literally hits and collides into the earth. Now, if planet X is seven to 10 times the size of the earth and it hits us, we're done. I mean, no yeah. one's surviving that <laughs> if it's seven to 10, much, 10 yeah. times the size. Okay. So that kind of throws out that thesis, but it ties in from a Catholic prophetic standpoint of this end time comet, which St. Hildegard talked about, which is kind of interesting. I've been talking about this uh, recently. Michael is uh, you're familiar with John Moore, right? Yes. Okay, Liberty Man. Okay, right. well, his his model and his his maps, and I've had him on my show. I've been on his show as well. Um, his model, you know, that U.S. future Navy map that he always puts up on his website, and there's I know there's several different versions, but it perfectly um, resembles what Saint Hildegard talks about in this end times uh, comet, if you will, that will hit. Now she goes on to say this: 
Uh, before the comet comes, many nations, the good expected, will be scourged with want and famine. Uh, that great nation, which is America, uh, in the ocean that is habited by people of different tribes and descent by an earthquake storm and tidal waves will be devastated. This is the key thing. It will be divided and in great part submerged. Uh, so when you look at um, John Moore's map, you see running down the middle that that whole uh, new well, portions of the new Madrid is basically gutted out and it becomes water. So that's interesting to note that she says it will be, you know, this this country will be divided just as um, John Moore is is demonstrating on his map. So she goes on to say the comet by its tremendous pressure will force much out of the ocean, flood many countries. After the great comet, this great nation will be devastated by earthquake storms and and great waves. She reiterates that. And basically she says all coastal cities will live in fear because of all of the catastrophes uh, that are being seen. Uh, and she ultimately deduces it to the fact that none of these cities, persons are living according to the laws of God. Now, I just basically say, okay, if you're looking at the most liberal towns, uh, you're going to see that most of them or a good portion of them are on your coastlines, whether it's Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles, Correct, yeah. you know, Miami, Boston, DC, go on and so forth. So people where there, where there's more sin, uh, you know, basically God either through water is going to just submerge those areas or in my opinion, uh, as planet X gets closer, we're going to start seeing a lot of these meteorites p- pounding the earth once again. And th- those places will just be buried like it was, uh, in the days of Lot or with, with Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting that you bring up, uh, Father, Father Martin though. Um, I had a close friend of Father Martin. Like when you listen to Father Martin's talks more times than not, You'll actually listen to someone who's interviewing. His name's Bernard Jansen. He's a traditional Catholic in Canada. Well, I just brought him back onto the show once again. He was a very close friend of Father Malachi Martin. So we kind of just talk about different stories. I even asked him, you know, what Father Martin would, you know, would say at these times. And, and basically he said once these Masons capture the papacy, which what we believe they have done with, with Freemason Francis, he said, dress in sackcloth and ashes, close the windows, close the doors, pray incessantly. It's about to go down to put it in, in layman's terms. Like, like it's, it's a go time now. Like there's not much more that has to happen before some more of these more serious earth changes, uh, start to happen. Yeah. I'm um, very worried about the pole shift since I am out here in Southern California, uh, below sea level. So, uh, I don't think I'm in a good spot. No, I've been telling people to get <laughs> out of the LA area for quite some time. Um, yeah, there's, there's a big community out there in Garden Grove, traditional Catholic community, uh, Monsignor Perez leads it, and they've got, you know, probably like a thousand good uh, trad uh, Catholics there. And anytime, like when I do some outside ministry and I get people into the church, you know, try to convert them, that's that's where I tell them to go if they're anywhere in that area. So I don't know how far Garden Grove is from you, but yeah, LA is a, is a death sentence. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's like I the, know. Like the worst place to be. It really is. It's a terrible place. <laughs> But hey, you know, like I said, uh, there'll be some people who fly by the model. Hey, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to live in fear. And I, I certainly don't promote fear, but at the same time, I still have to, you know, objectively present the information and, you know, people can decide to do what they want to do. To me, I mean, prepping, uh, is, you know, a, a prudent thing to do to some degree. Uh, you know, I'm not saying to go out and, 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 you know, buy a tank on credit card and, you know, prepare an underground bunker. I mean, I do know some Christians who are doing that, like in the Ozarks with John and I think his name is Jeff Harness, who I've had on the show out there in the Ozarks. I mean, that's how you want to do it. That's how you want to do it. But, you know, some people still take the information 
you know, that we present and they'll just still kind of laugh at it, surprisingly. I mean, at this point, I would think with all of the earth changes that they should be seeing, like we just had another massive series of quakes out there in Taiwan where, you know, the viral videos of that hotel, oh, yes. you know, collapsed. Well, listen, I mean, it wasn't just a 6.5, like they've had dozens and dozens of quakes, you know, over five, over the 5.0 range just subsequent to that so that's typically what happened you'll just see on the mainstream news you know some massive quakes you know 6.0 7.0 but do they tell you about the hundreds of aftershocks that were like 5.0 plus of course so, not, yeah you know along the the west coast what you guys are going to be dealing with obviously in the ring of fire area you just had that that massive um quake i think it was 7.5 up in the alaska area where there was actually a tsunami warning or watch put out there and at least for a shorter period of time, I noticed that the whole West Coast was under watch. I think they alleviated that, you know, maybe after an hour or so. But I was just kind of surprised to see that the whole West Coast would be affected or they thought the whole West Coast would be affected by it. So, you know, it's one of those kind of things where you're on a coastline, you're kind of playing Russian roulette with some type of earthquake, not only just in Los Angeles or the, the SoCal area, but like even if it's 50 miles off of the coast or, you know, whatever, 100 miles. I mean, it's still, you know, you're talking tsunami now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting, um, you know, times that we live in. And, uh, as I mentioned, we, we were talking about the first one with the, the first proximate signs. I apologize to your viewers. I'm trying to be as structured as, as possible. Don't worry. Uh, I think people the, love, I think people love this sort of conversation where it goes all over the place, actually. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how I am. It's more interesting. Uh, yeah. I say I keep it spicy. But anyway, so the first proximate side of Three Days of Darkness was the apostasy in the church. The second one was just the whole lovers of self uh, notion to Timothy 3, 4 records that, uh, you know, men being lovers of self to Peter 2, 10 records, you know, men being self-willed during these times. And again, as I mentioned, the Antichrist shows these principles of the Novus Ordo religion are being implanted through the Vatican now and, you know, and being put out to the public wherein he's going to preach this new self-realization program that will have basically counterfeit sacraments, just like the church. Everything will be a mockery to the Catholic church. So we'll have their own seven step, you know, self-realization program. Uh, the second of which is going to be the mark of the beast. That's where I didn't do a good job of solidifying into the to the minds of your listeners is that St. Hildegard, an early church father, said that this will be a counterfeit baptism. So you're literally be pledging your allegiance formally to Lucifer, right, and to the Antichrist and this new world, if you will. And you won't be able to buy or sell or do anything, you know, whether hold a job or, you know, health care. I mean, it's not just necessarily, you know, going going for that midnight Taco Bell run. I mean, it's going to involve, <laughs> yes. you know, it's going to be everything, Michael. So. Uh, you know, that's why I've been telling people you, you better get prepared. You know, we're, we're about to go underground if you, if you identify yourself as a Christian. And, uh, so that's the, you know, that's the, the, the second proximate sign was just the whole disposition of, of men being self-willed and, and not wanting to hear truth anymore and turning away from the, the, the truth, as Jesus said, and having itching ears, you know, they just thirst after novelty. And, and that's, that's what we're getting. You know, that's what we're seeing now these days. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's pretty frightening. Uh, the third proximate sign as we're moving along here is, is the breakdown of the traditional family life, kind of days a lot news, if you will. Uh, now Sister Lucia of Fatima actually recorded and, and said to, uh, the church and the faithful and to her bishop that this would be the final attack of Satan. This coming through the, um, well, yeah, coming through the, the, the message of Fatima. But just in addition to that, obviously take a look at the pornographic plague that we find ourselves in, uh, the immodest fashions. I mean, she was, she, the Blessed Virgin Mary was very, 
precise when she said back in 1917 that not only the majority of souls going to hell at that point. Now this is 1917, Michael. This is, this is a hundred years later, long right. before, you know, the pornographic plague and all this. She said most souls were going to hell, but that most of those souls going to hell were there due to sins of impurity, sins of the flesh. Uh, and so we can now see what has transpired since that. Uh, she talked about how most marriages were not approved of God. People just basically getting married for the wrong reasons. Uh, again, a modest fashion she talked about, but just the overall breakdown of the traditional family life, women not wanting kids anymore, men just wanting a career and maybe having a, a little sidekick chick off to the side. This ties back in, you know, with the whole lovers of self thing. I mean, people just, they don't want to do really what's expected of them, you know, from God. True. It, it's a little difficult nowadays, though, to raise a family and all that with um, the way society is structured now and the way everyone is not, um, I, I guess just the desire to, to have that is kind of deteriorating. It's kind of turning into what Japan is, is, has turned into. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, uh, society out in Japan, but a lot of men are not having children or even getting married. None, none of that. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, th I believe that's a fair point as well. I mean, we'll take a look at also China, China's model. They're, they're one kind of child policy. And then, yes. you know, the New World Order eventually wants to sterilize everyone. And I actually do agree with you. I mean, I, like I said, I try to do some ministry off to the side and a little spiritual direction. I have a, a lot of girls, you know, coming to me asking me that. Like they want to get married, but they can't find a guy to yeah. take them seriously. So I agree with you. And quite frankly, even from a guy's perspective, too, it's like if you really know all this stuff's about to happen, like are you really thinking, you know, about dating? And, and and these to, are just you know, such like, strange times. We are definitely on uncharted territory now. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I mean, that's that's a valid and fair point. I certainly wouldn't, you know, argue against that. And from a uh, from a Catholic prophetic standpoint, after this storm passes, if you will, after we get through the Great Tribulation, uh, eventually people will want to have children again is, is how it's put to put it in layman's terms. Uh, so I guess we have, you know, some, some hope, you know, I guess in terms of right you know, getting back on track, if you will. But, you know, I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, it's just, I, I don't see a lot of people who kind of study the same things that we study, you know, wanting to, you know, have huge families, but at the same time, one could argue, you know, are you really having faith in that situation? Like if you, right. if you truly have faith in God, then you should, you should be able to, uh, you know, understand that you could have, you know, a half a dozen kids and God still take care of them because ultimately it's, it's God that's taking care of you and your family, not you. Uh, so I guess in a certain sense, we can argue that that's still kind of selfish to think that God wouldn't take care of me if that was my vocation, if that's what God's will, you know, was for me was to have, True. uh, you know, a family. So, and so then the fourth proximate sign, I'm working through the proximate signs for, for those who are listening into this talk, uh, is the whole distress of nations. Uh, peace, Luke 21, 25, we're now seeing, you know, all of these commotions now raising up and revolutions. We see Greece, you know, revolting. Take a look at what's happening in Venezuela and Brazil. All that stuff's coming here to America, folks. It it's, really long is. Been pre it's, it's long been preplanned, uh, for this economic reset or collapse to happen. Once it does, uh, we already kind of see the infrastructure, if you will, of a revolution in this country, whether you'll, you'll see the North versus the South, blacks versus whites, you know, California versus this state, you know, they're trying to secede or whatever. And you've got, uh, you know, conservatives versus liberals, the whole anti-Trump Soros moves. I mean, they want chaos on every level. I mean, they want you to wake it up really and is. basically hate your mom. We you know? are just so divided already in 2018. It's 
kind of strange to see. We're seeing the civilization break down every day. Yeah, yeah and they're and they're very they're very coy. They're very careful. They know what they're doing, Michael. Again, from a Catholic perspective, we would say that there's only true unity in Christ through his church, which was for the most part you know, kind of maintained through medieval times. Not saying it was perfect, not saying it was great, but Christendom was pretty, I mean, for the most part, we, we were pretty much on the same page, for the most part. You're always going to have sin, you're always going to have egotistical people, right. whatever rulers. and the, But the bottom line now is we are so divided, but that's what they're using. They're using that as a, a backdrop to to legitimize and solidify their new false religion of we all just need to get along. Catholic, you're just as good as a Buddhist. You know, Catholic, you're just as good as a Muslim. Uh, Catholic, you're just as good as an atheist, right? This is where, you know, we're getting to the whole one world religion talk. So this new oh, Tower yes. of Babel is being created and they're smart as heck. They know how to, you know, you know, they say out of chaos comes order. Well, the problem is their defini definition of order is truly disorder. It's Luciferian disorder. It's not true unity, as they say, from a Catholic perspective. It's truly Luciferian, you know, disunity. You know, bringing, you know, everyone together under the umbrella, you know, of just lawlessness in general is no sense of unity whatsoever. So, you know, at least from our perspective. So that, that's what's kind of interesting. They're, they're very, very smart that, you know, obviously they, you know, that they plan these events long in advance at their Bilderberg groups and all their meetings that oh, they yes. do. It's not like they just conjure up, you know, these false flags and stuff, you know, a week beforehand. They, they know what they're doing. Yes. This is all well orchestrated. No doubt. And without a question. And, and Erica, I did want to ask you a little off topic here, but I, I, I did want you to weigh, on, weigh in on this other issue that we are seeing the ongoing conflict with uh, North Korea. Reports indicate that their missile capabilities are reaching dangerous levels now. How do you see all that playing out? Well, when you study what these new age freaks are kind of talking about, um, you know, basically again, they're using the quote unquote war on terror in, in general to their advantage to solidify a global police state. They want everyone to live in fear because they want ultimately everyone to buy into this one world religion or united humanity. And we're all one kind of garbage. There, as a matter of fact, during the Super Bowl, I, I stepped out. I think it was like around halftime for the Super Bowl. Didn't end up watching the Justin Timberlake. No, thing, you saved yourself. Uh, Justin <laughs> yeah. Timberlake uh, stinks on ice. Yeah. Well, apparently there was that one world religion, I think that was put out there by Toyota commercial. I, I reposted it on my blog, but apparently it was like, you know, some rabbi and some Muslim guy and some Catholic priest oh, sitting there saying we're all one or whatever. I didn't see I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. I check it out. It. You can go to my website and check that out. It's on there somewhere, but it was from Toyota. Hmm. So this is just more, wow. you know, propaganda and I'm not trying to sidetrack the question. I'm just trying to build up to a point. That's okay. Don't you know, worry. The whole North Korea thing is, you know, as Max Egon said on my show the other day it, it's all theatrics it's all get people to think uh that we're about to head into nuclear war to get everyone into this whole mindset of you know being uh, a, a united humanity you know break down the borders this or that now it was interesting to note and i can only speak from my perspective uh you know and this is where i lose a lot of catholics if you will i'm you know i'm not on the trump train as most people think, I do think he's a high-ranking uh, Scottish Freemason. I had Dave Dionisi on my show. We kind of showed how he has connections with this Brotherhood of Death. Uh, as conservative as he looks on the surface, I'm certainly appreciative of certain things that he's done, Michael. I mean, uh, for those who are on the Trump train, I mean, I'm certainly not going to deny some of the, the great things that he's been doing in terms of pro-life and, 
you know, defunding Planned Parenthood and, and some of these other things. And I'm with but, you on you know, that. Don't get me wrong. Some people out there feel that I'm anti-Trump, but I don't put faith into any president or any politician to be 100 uh, percent honest and transparent with with everyone out there. I, I just don't believe that presidents hold as much power as one is led to believe there is a shadow government, in my opinion, that's really running things in this country. And like I said, we are a Masonic Republic. Yeah, well, when you when you really break it down, yeah, definitely. But to get more specific, it's Israel who owns us. So when you take a look at his Zionist connections, that's what tips it off to me that he's a part of the New World Order, because Israel is the, is the main player. That's where the Antichrist is going to sit soon in Jerusalem. So there was that oh, whole yes. there was a whole spiel with him, you know, identifying, uh, you know, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Uh, and then after the fact, you see the Arab nations, you know, forming on one side, and you see all the Zionists forming on the other side, you know, slash Christians who who have ado- unfortunately adopted that heresy. Uh, and it ties in with this whole end game scenario. Rothschild bought up the Jerusalem area back in the 1830s. Uh, there was a good report done by someone uh, reading right out of the Niles County Register, which documented that. So the Rothschilds and you know the money masters, if you will. I mean, they bought out Jerusalem and literally created this puppet state of Israel to house their guy. So I know a lot of people get all giddy when, when they see the third temple being rebuilt and, oh, Jesus is coming back soon. You know, when these certain Jews talk about the Messiah coming, folks, that's not our Jesus. <laughs> that's right. the Antichrist. Okay. So I was actually, you know, I've been doing this, you know, long enough and I, I start to see a lot of people you know, who are Protestants now finally getting that. Like there, it's now like the red flag is going off that, you know, something's alarmed in their head. Like, Oh yeah, something stinks. Something's not up. And they're finally putting it together, which is good. As a matter of fact, Rick Wiles from true news just came out and I think did a whole anti-Zionist piece. And I don't know if he was an anti-Zionist beforehand, but like, I think he gets it now. And so I just showed him support today because I saw their Christians kind of bashing him. And I basically said, you know, on this issue, Rick, you know, I got your back, you know, you, you this, it's just the reality. It's it's a Rothschild, you know, endgame to create this puppet state of Israel and this greater Israel, and uh, you know, you know, in Scripture, even you know, to get more specific, the early church fathers, when we're talking about that harlot, right? Right. In scripture. I forget where it is. Uh, the early church fathers identified the harlot or the whore of Babylon. And I know most Protestants run around and say that's the Catholic Church. No, that actually notion was condemned as early, you know, in the early. 300s even or right around three you know 400 ad or something like that notion was condemned by the catholic church it's actually uh rome but it's one world religion rome it's not catholic rome it's going to be one world religion rome which will apostatize it will paganize ultimately will be destroyed by god but then also jerusalem so jerusalem was identified as being this harlot and so this is where the antichrist will sit and rule from you know, his abomination of desolation will be set up. And that's a whole other topic that I can get into, um, you know, down the road when I start talking. But we can do that another time. No worries. Yeah, we'll do that another time. But it's basically his his image that will be set up in all of the churches and all the Masonic lodges. And uh, when you see these celebrities who and and other people and athletes who think it's cute to give that 666 hand sign, you know, the AOK hand sign that Trump gives. Okay, well, they're pledging their allegiance to Maitreya, the Antichrist. Uh, the sign of man, if you will. And so anti-Pope Francis is doing it. Trump's doing it. Merkel's doing it. All the world leaders are, are basically doing it. 
Um, but again, to answer your question on North Korea, he, he's another stooge, by the way. He's a Freemason. He, he's been seen given, you know, the hidden hand sign. He, he's a Freemason. His whole family comes from a long line of Freemasons, whatever his name is, King Jung Boong or whatever his name is. <laughs> yes. Um, so he's another puppet. He's just another player in the game. Don't be fooled by, you know, the racial, you know, the whole racial thing. It, within the world of Freemasonry, you could be any race. You could be any religion. Um, Correct. if you will. Right. Um, you know, you could be cat, you know, a Christian, you could be a Muslim, you could be whatever. Like even that guy, uh, that famous, uh, Islamic guy, what's his name? Ajminijan or whatever his mm. name is. He, mm-hmm. he was another high ranking Freemason. So they're, they're all puppets and stooges. Erdogan's a crypto Jew, Freemason, you know, out in there in Turkey. So they're all just puppets. I mean, that's what people have to realize. We're, we're dealing with a giant soap opera. Uh, and it it's really is. It really yeah. is. And, and by the way, Eric, uh, another, uh, stepping aside here with, with this question, what's your opinion on all the sexual allegations stemming from Hollywood? Um, we're, we're seeing Hollywood kind of deteriorate as well. Well, that's probably a good thing. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's one thing about just kind of, I, I know initially kind of the internet and, and the TV has had a more nefarious purpose by those who developed it, but you know, you can still use, you know, the TV and internet for good and the church has before Vatican II talked about this, about how you can use these means to promote the gospel and to get out truth. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do at my website. If I didn't have, you know, social media and I didn't have internet access, I wouldn't be able to help educate others and and guide others to what we believe, you know, is the truth of the situation. So we can still use it uh, for good. Uh, But again, yeah, Hollywood, it's like, you know, it's kind of a crash and burn situation, but it's not just Hollywood. I mean, it's, it's pizza gate out in DC. It's, uh, you know, Vatican gate, if you want to call it. I mean, these Masons are friggin' everywhere. I mean, goodness. I mean, it's just, you know, there was another report just yesterday that I, I showed out in Idaho, which is a more conservative kind of area. There was another quote unquote Catholic priest who was busted for child porn and crack and co. I mean, he was like 70 something years old. He was partying really hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, no, too hard. You, you know, it's, it's anywhere. And any, listen, you know, what I say kind of across the board is it's predominantly these Masons and Marxists, but I, I don't want to make it sound like a scapegoat answer to where I'm saying like every Catholic priest who, who is a you know, pedophile or right. who's like not all of them are Masons, but predominantly they are. Like yeah. if I had to roll the dice and say whether he, whether he is or not, especially up in the higher echelons in the Vatican where uh, I had Leo Zagami on my show. He was right there in Rome, and he's a Freemason himself. <laughs> it's funny you uh, mentioned that because I just interviewed him this afternoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, Leo. So Leo was talking smack about the Catholic Church. I'm going to have to talk to him off air. Um, um, yeah, he kind of was. But then yeah, again, I mean, you know, well, Leo's, yeah. Leo's good in certain areas, but he, he just, from my perspective, he doesn't, he doesn't get certain areas. I think, he, you know, he's too soft on on the Zionists. But, you know, I kind of trust his opinion in certain areas. I, we kind of touched upon the whole alien uh, UFO deception. But again, I have to say this across the board. It's not the church doing this. The church has been infiltrated. The church has enemies. That, that's what I believe. Yeah. That's, that's what I truly believe that it's been compromised by certain bad apples. And no one can deny that the Vatican has taken dramatic uh, heat for all these scandals, the child trafficking. Uh, many of these high priests have been uh, protected for such a long time, but so have uh, the Jehovah Witnesses out there. The elders, they've been protected as well. 
Yeah, well, I had uh, Fritz Springmeyer on the show, too. Again, he doesn't identify as a Catholic. We did a couple shows together. I tried to get him back on to do uh, another show, but he, he's kind of busy these days. But, you know, we kind of went into this, and I've done other blogs. I mean, it's just a fact and a reality that most of the Protestant denominations have been started by Freemasonic leaders. Right. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's not just the Catholic Church. I mean, they needed the Catholic Church, right, as a structure and an organization because we are so large. I mean, if you can capture that citadel piece, if you will, and you can get across all these erroneous doctrines, then you really got it because, you know, because of the stretch of the Catholic Church being so global, you know, if you will. And so that, that's the reason why they needed to, to capture the papacy, if you will. And uh, that that's, brings up the whole interesting topic of, of the end time Pope to flee Rome, which will be Benedict the 16th. In my opinion, after the economic collapse, worldwide revolutions, uh, you're going to see Russia skirt through Europe in accordance with Catholic prophecy and start running over Europe. And, and you can kind of see that in the news on a daily basis. I mean, how many times do you see Poland telling its people to prepare? We're fearful of Russia. Sweden, prepare. I mean, it's coming. They know it's coming. And so Russia is really about to... Um, they're about to go AWOL on the world is the best way to put it. That, that's what the message of Fatima uh, reiterates, that Russia is the chosen instrument of heaven to punish the world. So a lot of there's a lot of people who seem to think that with all these, you know, all the tough talk, if you will, of, of missiles being pointing at Europe, whether it's North Korea or Russia or whoever, that nothing will happen in the end. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're using it to solidify the, the, the one world religion piece, but there will be war. I mean, their plan is to, to enact, you know, the, the, the Georgia guidestones and reduce us to, you know, 500 million. And one of the ways they can do that is war. I mean, there's other ways they can do it through chemtrails and geoengineering. We're seeing all these, you know, the wildfires that you, you guys have had out in that area. Oh, yes. it seems to me that those have been geoengineered. I mean, so it's man trying to play God. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They know they, they want a more controlled populace and it's eventually, you know, going to happen. But, um, they yeah, want to hit the is. reset button. Yeah. And, um, I was just going to quickly mention going back to Hollywood. Uh, do you recall that interview that Mel Gibson did when he said that Hollywood elites kill innocent children and drink their blood? Yeah. Well, there was not only uh, him, but there, there was another, I think it was the bassist for Scorpion that came out. And he said, you used to go to these parties where you had to pay like a hundred K to get in. And they would literally kill, you know, do snuff films and, and kill yeah, those kids say, there. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is real. That's, that's not a joke. I mean, these people are really satanic and perverted. They, you know, I had Liz Crokin on my show and she, she's a, she's a pretty popular these days, kind of covering that, you know, that angle. But, and has interviewed quite a few people and you know she's getting a lot of backlash and getting weird phone calls by by weirdos wow you know basically saying to shut up or we're going to come for you and, and and things along that line so you know there, there's no question that th this is who is running the new world order per se i mean dave dionisi kind of calls it the brotherhood of death to kind of give it a more general term because I, I don't, you know, out of this, when we say like the Jew world order, we, we're not implying like every Jew is in on the right. deal. I mean, when you study communism and you study Bolshevism, okay, they're predominantly are Jews. They're like 80 to 90% of its leaders were Jews. I mean, that's just a reality. So let's push aside the whole quote unquote Holocaust thing. And why don't we talk enough about, you know, the, 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 the gulags and, and the, the Bolshevik, uh, you know, aspect and, and communism just in general, which, you know, these certain people, they've, they've killed over 120 plus million people, including a lot of Christians. So that's where I don't get how, you know, Christians don't seem to put two and two together and, 
understand who the real enemy is, <laughs> and it's not Catholics. That's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, but just to, to kind of finish up with, with some more of the proximate signs, I can stay a little bit later if you want. I'm not sure. We're already an hour in, and I haven't even gotten through. <laughs> um, we, we can keep going just a little bit further. It's okay. Okay. Um, so the, uh, one of the last signs, obviously, is the, the earth changes that we talked about. We're talking about proximate signs to the three days of darkness. So obviously, there's a good number of us who believe this binary uh, system is uh, approaching. We've kind of talked about that. But there's another event that's coming that, probably is not talked about in the Christian community. Uh, it's called the warning. And this is a more major sign, if you will, that's preliminary to the three days of darkness. And what's kind of interesting, uh, what recently came out from mainstream science uh, is this, what they're saying is that these two suns are, are set to collide in the year 2022. Uh, according to study team of researchers from Calvin College, it's not just Calvin College, it's just kind of in general. They're talking about this binary star system that will likely uh, merge. And in the year 2022, apparently these kind of two stars will collide, which will leave a third star in the sky. Um, and I've got the articles. I'm, I'm looking at all of them. Again, you can just go to Google, type in Tradcat Night, two stars colliding. You can get all the, the articles that I have on this. Now, the reason why this is important because this is a part of the, 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 the end time scenario here is there's what's called the illumination of conscious coming. This is basically God's last warning to mankind to basically get their act together. And essentially what's going to happen is when these two stars kind of collide, you'll be able to, like time will kind of stop, kind of like in Matrix style, you know, like that, you know, how everything kind of like slows down in that movie. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, you're going to slow down and you're, you're, you're going to basically see your own soul as God sees it. And you're going to know right then and there whether you would go to heaven or to hell. So this is basically the world has gotten so bad at this point, right, that God literally has to allow this event to happen to say, you know, I need to either get my act together or like I'm okay, you know, so to speak, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the proper path. This is called the illumination of conscience. Now, it sounds very new age-ish, and there's actually some Catholics who had some trepidation, but I had to go back and do some research on it. And it was uh, talked about, uh, you know, like before Vatican II and in early church history, St. Edmund Campion talked about this illumination of conscience, which he calls the day of change. Blessed Anna Tiagi in the mid 1700s talked about it. She was another one that talked about the three days of darkness, by the way. She talked, she said a great purification will come upon the world in the end times preceded by an illumination of conscience in which everyone will see themselves as God sees themselves. So these certain mystics in the church, they long before this story even came out, like decades, Michael, talked and described this warning or the illumination of conscience as two stars or suns kind of colliding in the sky was the best way to describe it. And here we ha now have mainstream science saying that this event will happen in 2022. Now, it's an interesting my, year. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting because to throw another tidbit out there, I know I'm kind of grabbing things from the air and throwing it at you. Now, these certain satanic Tal Talmudic Jews, you know, the ones who are essentially uh, behind uh, the creation of the puppet state of Israel, they're, they're saying that their messianic era, they've been public about this, is going to start in 2023. Okay, so 2023 is the, the date that they're given. We already talked about how they're close to rebuilding the third temple, which is where we know the right. Antichrist will be. The early church fathers said the Antichrist would be Jewish. He would come from the tribe of Dan. He would be embraced, uh, you know, by the Jews and basically deceive the world. Um, now, what's interesting about that timeline is, is Maitreya, who's going to be your Antichrist, that's his general name, 
on, in his own apologetics on his website says he's going to claim this event. And he basically uses the same terminology, by the way, which is a little eerie. So after this happens, he's going to say that, you know, I am the one that allowed you people to have this experience. And, and, and it gets really, you know, it gets really bizarre. Now, another interesting thing that Maitreya is talking about, and this is kind of in mockery of the Christian version, right, of the three magi, how they followed what in the sky to, to find Jesus. They followed a star, right? So this apparent third star is going to remain in the sky for some time, you know, some months. And this will happen after all the chaos and disorder. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the next four years is going to be really bad because they got to have chaos in order for people to be looking for a new savior figure. So they'll announce it on mainstream. Here is this star. He's in the sky. You know, it's in the sky. The Messiah is here. You see, so it's, it's in mockery that, and so that's the interesting part that I found that most people are not putting together is that this star that will remain in the sky is this star that Antichrist Maitreya talks about in his apologetics that will herald his coming, you know, onto the world scene to kind of formally take it over. Um, so that for me, when people are talking about, okay, when's the great tribulation going to start when people have to formally, you know, accept, you know, the mark of the beast and that's when we go full fledged underground. To me, 2023 seems like uh, a pretty, a date which seems to work. You know, I, I still think they've got a little bit more of their agendas to get across. We're obviously moving and transitioning out of a paper, uh, paper money system into a digital economy. So they got to got kind of get everyone on board with that. I don't think they could just get that whole aspect done over the next year or two. I think they're going to kind of let that roll out for a while, but, um, you know, that's just kind of an interesting piece again. So the, the warning or the illumination of conscience. And then, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but we can actually now start talking about, uh, the three days of darkness if you wanted to. Sure. Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. So like I said, there have been numerous mystics to talk about this. Uh, blessed, uh, Aielo. There was a message at Akita that talked about this, a message of La Salette in 1846. Uh, and so on and so forth. There, there have been numerous mystics to talk about this, but the, the main one is going to be Marie-Julie Jeheny from France, who literally predicted this, you know, prophesied this infiltration of the church. She talked with Jesus, Mary, and a lot of the the angels at time. And some of her, there hasn't been one prophecy that hasn't come to pass. But she was, the reason why I'm, I'm kind of beefing her up is to just kind of demonstrate how holy she was. But she was the main uh person, if you will, that, that really gave detail to the three days of darkness. And again, this is at the height of the Great Tribulation, folks. This is what's going to kill off, uh, you know, the Antichrist and his minions, where the apocalypse basically says that, you know, the Antichrist and false prophet are swallowed up, so to speak. Uh, I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, it's similar to what Our Lady of La Salette says, where she says this, uh, Mike, she says, this is back in 1846. Uh, she says, the time is at hand. The abyss is opening. Here's the king of the kings of darkness. Here's the beast with all of his subjects, calling it the savior of the world. In pride, he will try to rise skyward and go up to heaven, right? Kind of mimicking Jesus, his ascension. But he will be stifled by the breath of the saint, uh, by Saint Michael, the archangel. He will fall in the earth, which for three days will be in constant change. It will open up its fiery bosom. He will be plunged forever and his, with his followers into hell's eternal chasms, right? That's exactly what the apocalypse says. Then water and fire will purify the earth, consume all the works of men's pride, and everything will be renewed. Then God will be served uh, and glorified. Um, so what's interesting to note about her is she once 
performed a five-year fast. She she basically, in union with Jesus, wanted to offer herself up, um, you know, in union with his heart for all of the souls that were being lost during the war of her time. And so Jesus basically accepted, and she she this was documented by medical science, mind you. When when someone claims to be having visions in the church and stuff like that, Michael, they go through a very rigor rigorous process, um, or they used to, let's say that. Now, since Vatican II, it's all loosey goosey, and I don't trust anything that comes out of the Vatican. But in the good old days, so to speak, I mean, it's a very rigorous process. So they would literally call in a medical team that had nothing to do with the church to see if this what was happening to this person was supernatural or not. Now she had the stigmata, which I'm not sure if you, you, you know what that is. Uh, the actual wounds of Christ. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she had that, that was medically documented. As a matter of fact, she held it from age 25 to 90. So about 65 years, she held the stigmata. She bled out of her hands and her feet. Medical science, you, you know, people from the, the medical side or the science side said, this is supernatural. There's, there's no way that this could be happening. Right. And it's more rare in the Catholic Church, but it does happen. So she was a very holy woman. She fasted for five years. That's okay? crazy. Yeah, there's some people who can't go five minutes without a Big Mac. <laughs> she literally, she literally didn't eat or drink anything for five years. No water, no food. Five years. Science stood right by her, watched it, documented it, and she, you know, she never died. So that's why we as Catholics, you know, I was asked this by Anthony Patch on Kevin Baker's show. He's like, well, how are we going to survive as Christians? You know, if we don't have, you know, there's going to be famines everywhere. Obviously, the New World Order is going to be controlling all the food supply we can't buy or sell. And I said, that's why we as Catholics, we have the Eucharist. That's why we go to Mass. We eat off of Jesus's body. That's one of the main mottos of my website. Um, where, where the body is there also the eagles shall be gathered, right? So I use the eagle as a, as a, as a main concept. We'll be eating off of Jesus's flesh. And he gives us supernatural life. So there have been many mystics recorded in the church. Uh, Marie Julie was one of them five years, Michael, but there was others such as Blessed Tiaji who talked about, uh, the, you know, these chastisements coming. She lived 10 years without any food or water. Blessed Anna Emmerich recorded 12 years without any food or water. So, you know, some people find it difficult maybe to fast a few days. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> try, try, try 12 years. My goodness. Um, so my, my point is she's a very holy woman. That's the, okay. I'm, I'm establishing that fact. Uh, so she forewarned of the infiltration of the church. She, she actually predicted some of the names of future popes. I mean, she did all these things that just, you know, will blow your mind. Uh, she also, by the way, uh, before I get into the, the three days of darkness, she prophesied on page 273, of her autobiography, which I encourage you all to read. You can go to Google, type in Marie Julie Jaheni, and just like type in autobiography after that. You can read her whole, all of her writings because she's like basically an end time, you know, seer, if you will. But this was Jesus talking to her and talking about how this planet was coming. He says, I and the eternal wisdom have for my purpose to preserve life for an immense number of Jews because on that day of my rejoicing, I want to confound them. The ungodly eye of all those souls will remain open because I want them to see my power, right? This ties in with scripture where we know as this system gets closer, what are they going to do? They're going to ditch and go underground. We know they're building underground bunkers and bases. They, they know what's coming. Right. Um, and scripture records that in the apocalypse. Now, Jesus goes on to say, I preserve it them to see with their own eyes this radiant planet that I will have coming out of the remotest parts of exile under a frightening storm of fire, under the signs of my anger, the whole sky will be crossed with bolts similar to the ones that my father thrusted upon the world. So there's some actually Planet X researchers that suggest that maybe there was a past during Jesus's crucifixion and death because everything went dark, you know, the earth split, 
the veil was uh, the, the temple uh, was torn in two. But anyway, whatever you want to call it, a star or a planet, there are some who argue in the original French, uh, it was stated that it was a star, not a planet. And maybe that's why Terrell Blackstar labels this thing a, a star as opposed to a planet. I don't get caught up in the semantics. Whatever it is, it's huge and it's coming. Right. Um, <laughs> so I'm with you on that you one. Know, we can kind of push that argument aside. And this ties in with the sign of the Son of Man, right? Jesus talks about this in Scripture. And they will see the sign of the Son of Man. Well, that's exactly what Father Malachi Martin talked about right you'll see planet x as a red cross in the sky you know how it gives off you know again i'm not a scientist but i've had you know people who've come on the show and they'll say that that's how we'll see it when we see it in the sky it'll it'll kind of exude that light as a as a red cross and i think you'll see you know similar pictures of nibiru or planet x looking kind of in that fashion or with wings um you know if you will so you just took me back to the 90s listening to father malachi (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, that's what he warned about. You know, he, he said in one interview that, you know, they're, they're observing the skies. I'm paraphrasing this, this little piece that he did with Art Bell, but you know, there's a reason why they're paying attention to the Correct, sky will yeah. give an utmost import over the next decade or so. Now he mistimed it. He thought that he would basically see it in his, his, uh, you know, time frame, but it didn't happen, you know, you know, around 2005 or, or so, you know, he actually uh, died beforehand, but, um, you know, a lot of people have just been mistiming this thing, and that's that's where you get a lot of naysayers. Well, we haven't seen it yet. Well, right. have you been painted? Have you been seeing all the Earth changes you know, going, on going on? on. You know, you might want to pay attention to that. But anyway, as it relates to the three days of darkness, sorry, I, I digressed there a little bit. No but, worries. Uh, Marie Julie Jehenny specifically uh, said it's going to happen on a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Again, emulating our Lord's passion. So we as Catholics, you know, we're preparing to go underground. We're, we're kind of Suffering and union, if you can say, kind of like uh, the passion of Jesus all over again in his Catholic Church. But, of course, we know that there's, you know, a resurrection coming. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it will be on a specific Catholic feast day, uh, three days less one night. She said specifically the earth will be covered entirely in darkness. All hell will be loosed on earth. Uh, thunder and lightning will cause those who have no faith or trust in my power to die of fear. And so this is why I, I said, again, just speaking from a Catholic perspective, all the enemies of the church will perish. And truly anyone who's not in a state of grace is going to perish. It's going to be that frightening. Just, I mean, just the, the, the lightning bolts alone, she said, you know, and the thunder and, and the shaking of the earth, because you have to realize as planet X gets closer, it's going to lock onto us like a magnet and we're just going to shake. Like we're now seeing these birth pangs, what our Lord called. So we're seeing kind of swarms of earthquakes all over. So if you want to know how it's getting closer, when you start turning on the nightly news and you start seeing swarms of like 8.0 earthquakes all over the earth, you know, this thing's getting closer because as it locks onto us, as it's making its near pass, we're literally going to shake in like a 10.0 plus earthquake for three days straight. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, you have people who, you know, I have friends who, you know, live out in your area and I know it's probably more common where you guys will have, you know, 4.0s. And I remember when I posted some time ago, cause you guys had a little bit of a swarm out there more recently. And I remember I had one traditional Catholic lady. Oh, we get these all the time. This is no big, you know, this is no big deal, you know, <laughs> yes. stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you might want to pay attention to what happened in Mexico who had similar kind of smaller swarms of earthquakes. And then they got nailed with that 8.0 and then they had like 200, you know, 5.0 earthquakes after that. Well, that's going to happen up you know, on the West Coast, whether it's specifically the Cascadia area, whether it's the SoCal area, I don't think it really matters. I mean, it's going to affect the whole region. So, you know, just imagine trying to sit there and remain 
somewhat sane for for th- you know three days just shaking violently. <laughs> no, I, I uh, you know not a day goes by where I don't worry that the next big quake is set to hit. I, I clearly remember back in 2010 when that earthquake hit. Originally on my app it said 7.5, and of course it was reduced to 7.2 officially. And my goodness, that earthquake was awful. I thought, is Nubiru close by now? And yeah. all, all the shaking and, and just being uh, nauseous from all the shaking that was going on, I just do not want to relive that again. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, it's an interesting point. It's a fair point for, for any of us. Um, you know, we think we're kind of Tony tough nuts right now for, for, you know, not being in that situation. We don't, we don't know how we would react during, you know, something like that. Certainly I'm not going to put myself out there and say, I, I know definitively. Yeah. Like I'll be okay. So to speak. I mean, if we're in a state of grace, God will, will get us through anything. We know that that's the whole point of it. And that's why she says those who have no faith or trust in my power will die of fright. So it becomes a situation. Uh, of faith over fear, which is the, the motto of Trad Cat Night, faith over fear. Constantly have to reiterate that. Um, but specific things have to be done during these three days of darkness, as was relayed not only to Marie Julie, but others are going to have to cover up all of your windows. You're not going to want to look outside. If you, you know, you're one of those curious Joes who want to see all of these demons, which will be present because that is what's going to happen. I'll get into that in a second. This ties in with CERN and what they're goofing around with their interdimensional portals. And right. basically, as Father Malachi Martin put it, the unveiling is about to happen. Okay, so when we look at those Avenger movies and they're shooting that beam off into the sky and you see these alien kind of things coming from the other side, that's going to happen. Like all hell is about to be um, opened up during the three days of darkness, to put it in, in layman's terms. So you're going to want to have your, your, your windows covered. Um, she said, uh, specifically during these three days of terrifying darkness, no window, no windows must be opened because no one will be able to see the earth and its terrible color. Now we're just talking about the color, uh, that will, it will have in those days. Now, blessed Tiaji, another mystic basically said it would be kind of a, a weird looking blue, bluish color in the sky. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I guess to some degree with all the geoengineering and, you know, nonsense they were doing. We get some pretty nasty looking skylines, but I can't imagine the whole, you know, the whole sky being kind of like a morbid blue, she says. Uh, so she goes on to say, this is Marie Julie now, uh, the sky will be on fire. The whole earth will split during these three days of darkness. You have to light a blessed candle everywhere. There'll be no other light to shine. So I actually know some Protestant friends who aren't Catholic who take this message pretty seriously and they've gone out and gotten themselves some blessed candles from a traditional Catholic priest because no other light's going to work. You're not going to be able to flip that switch on. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to get around that fact that that'll be the only light that will be able to, to shine. Uh, she goes on to say, furthermore, no one outside of a shelter will survive. So if you're caught out during that Thursday, you're going to die if you're on the outside of your home. Um, she, our Lord said specifically to Marie Julie Jehenny that your home is now your refuge, kind of like a fortress. So you got to get your, your home spiritually ready. You know, as a Catholic, you know, we say sacramentals, get your statues, obviously rosaries, like scapulars, things along those lines that might be a little alien to some uh, who are not Catholic. There's certain things that she said you had to do to basically fortify your home to protect yourself against these demons and the darkness that's coming. Um, she also went on to say uh, in the homes of the wicked and the blasphemers that uh, these candles will give no light. So if you're not in a state of grace and you do have a blessed candle, it's not going to work. So that's why you got to be make sure you're on your your P's and Q's as it relates to, you know, morality and staying in a state of grace. Um 
the only thing that won't shake, she said, will be uh, where a statue is, um, you know, basically put forth of Our Lady and Our Lord. You know, she said to basically to just to gather around, you know, the statue, pray your, you know, pray your rosary, and this will keep away uh, the terror. During this darkness, she says, the devils and the wicked will take on the most hideous shapes. So that's another reason why you don't want to be looking outside. Now, an interesting kind of side topic, uh, if you will, I've kind of been looking into the question of the, the Nephilim over, you know, giants and things along that line for yes. the past, you know, mm-hmm. like year or so. And I think there's some plausibility to it. Uh, even in, even in, uh, the, the Talmud, they're basically saying that these, you know, Nephilim are returning. You know, what are they going to look like? You know, are, are we going to be dealing with, you know, 20, 30 foot giants? I mean, I'm open to that possibility outside of just, you know, inter, dimensional beings because from our perspective michael i mean we don't buy the whole you know like uh like martial masters routine like okay there's good aliens coming to save us no it's going to be like kind of a good cop bad cop situation they'll be they'll promote some type of project blue beam stage you know alien invasion then these good aliens will show up who are literally fallen angels in the flesh mind you these ascended masters of Maitreya, and they're going to say we're here to help you. We're here to save humanity. You need to evolve. So they'll basically work, be working in conjunction with the Antichrist to build this new world order. And that's, I've tried to mention this to Marshall, but I mean, I don't, you know, I just, I don't. How'd he take that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, you know, I really don't talk too, too much to him anymore these days, but you know, I, I tried to explain to him, you're literally playing into the new age's hand. If, if you think, you know, the Anunnaki are coming and some advanced civilization is coming to help us. No, it's all Luciferian. It's all demonic and they want people you know, ultimately to get this mark of the beast and, you know, bind to their program. Um, so anyway, you know, all these devils will, will be all over the place. The earth will become a vast cemetery. She said the bodies of the wicked and just will cover the ground. Three fourths of the population disappear in these three, three days. Half the population of France, she says, will be destroyed. So now mind you, Michael, this is after everything preceding the great tribulation. Okay, so you're talking about we still got to get through, you know, the famines. We still got to get through the the epidemics, the, the global epidemics, which is actually relayed by Father Malachi Martin, which most Catholics don't even know. In the third secret of Fatima, he said that there would be epidemics which would wipe out whole nations overnight. So imagine just waking up. I mean, we're already seeing the flu scare right now, right? Yep. You know, people mm-hmm. are dying here. There. Well, just imagine waking up and then the mainstream news reporting all of Cuba has gone due to, you know, you know, whatever epidemic it is, that that's going to happen. There's no question about it. And to me, you know, it's chemtrails, it's geoengineering. They can create these, you know, man-made bioterrorist weapons that they're just dropping on us. We're kind of, it's kind of like Russian roulette. Who knows, you know, what countries they're going to pick or this or that. But, um, I lost my train of thought, but anyway, um, yeah, the, the, the three days of darkness is, is very, um, it's something that everyone needs to know. I see a lot of disinformation out there on it. So you got to be careful, very you careful. Know, What's that? I said very careful. Yeah, because there's a certain, like, sequence of events that have to happen before we even get to that point. So, you know, I, I, I go on some alternative media sites, and you'll see, like, on Before It's News, NASA says six days of darkness coming, kind of this or that. Now, that's a, that's all disinformation, of course, but another point I wanted to make out, to make, uh, was with Marie-Julie Jeheny. Um, She did make mention specifically, and I'm trying to find it here so I could read it, uh, verbatim to you, uh, concerning there would be actually a two days of darkness before the three days of darkness. So here we have, we'll backtrack here a little bit. We'll have kind of a more major warning, illumination of conscience, but then, you know, apparently we'll have another two days of darkness to precede these three days of darkness. 
And it's recorded in her writings as this. There will be two days of horrible darkness distinct from those advertised of the three days of darkness. The sky will be purple and red so low that the clump of tall trees will be as lost. Interesting detail. These two days will warn you as an authentic proof of his goodness, as proof of descent of the wrath of God upon earth. You will not be free from this darkness. So far, no soul has mentioned it because there are uh, not that many who are aware. She goes on to reiterate that you will need uh, the be- – oh, by the way, with the candles, they have to be 100% beeswax candles too if you do decide to go the route of the, the you know the blessed candles yeah, that I mentioned. candles of the blessed wax. Yeah, 100% mm-hmm. beeswax. Um, and then also it goes on to say during these two days, the trees will be burnt and will not produce any fruit. Uh, she goes on to say the, the rain that falls from the sky below will have a foul odor and wherever it falls it will be as a, as big as a hailstone of fire that, that pierces, uh, which is most solid and leave a most visible mark of burning. It's kind of like, like acid. I don't know, some kind of giant acid rain. It kind of sounds like she's describing. Sounds like it. Uh, and the two days of darkness, she says, under the, the lowering sky it will seem light, but no one will be able to see it because they cannot put out their face, uh, by day when opening a door, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, trying to see. Now the, the real specific thing with this, and I was coming back to this information, and again, most Catholics don't even know this information. They, they really don't oh. actually. It's kind of funny since I'm not exactly a religious individual sure. myself, but I, I know a lot of this already. It's, it's always fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and so she goes on to say the sun will be darkened looking ahead as a precursor to that three days of darkness. It will, it will arrive 37 days after the signs of darkening of the sun and of the signs of the earth and the announced storm. So specifically she mentions, uh, 37 days after the fact, which I find pretty, uh, interesting. So, you know, again, kind of as that recap, a warning, illumination of conscience, there'll be a two days of darkness, which will, uh, precede the, the, the three days of darkness. And then ultimately, again, as I mentioned, uh, the three days of darkness, it'll happen when it's the worst of the worst, if you will. Right. Um, you know, when, when, it, when it seems like all of Christianity is kind of lost, then kind of God basically, uh, intervenes. And so another point to make, of course, is that the new world order knows that this system is inbound. They're taking advantage of it. You know, with the whole agenda 21, we got to save the earth. It kind of ties in with the ancient paganism that I was that I was telling you about because now you know we got you know uh, the, you know even Francis had made man- mention this past year about how we have to protect Mother Earth and kind of this or that kind of like Mother Gaia worship Mother Gaia right yeah and like even Gorbachev I think in his book in talking about you know the new religion or the new age religion uh, I forget what it was called Planet something charter or some new charter of the planet I, f- I forget exactly what the book was called but anyway he, he talks about this I mean it's going to be a return to ancient uh paganism um you know across the board and you know that's that's basically what we're what we're up against um as it relates to uh the three days of darkness and again we're, we're seeing right now all of those proximate signs happening right now we're kind of in between you know the whole earth changes and the warning so if the warning is in 2022 you know we're, we're about four years away from my opinion the formal reign of the antichrist and that's different from the, from him actually arriving onto the scene because he's very adamant in his writings that he's going to appear. Well, right now he's currently in London in an Asian community, he says, but he is going to appear on United States TV and be broadcasted to the world internationally shortly after the economic collapse. And again, I haven't had one 
economic person, if you will, come on my show and say, okay, well, you know, I'll probably still be, you know, five years away or so. I mean, like we're talking, it's imminent now. I've had Rob Kirby on this past week. He thinks it's the next few months. I had uh, Daniel Martino Booth, who's been seen all over the place, you know, Fox News and Bloomberg and CNBC. She thinks it's imminent now, you know. So my point is, if that's imminent, then that means that the actual arrival of the Antichrist onto the scene, in my opinion, is not more than a few years away, especially if it's this year. I mean, I mean, if the, if the, the collapse or reset happens at some point this year, you'll probably see him at some point in like 2019 for the first time. And he's got to get everyone warmed up to him. It's not like he's going to show up on the scene, you know, hey, come worship me. Hey, come take my mark. I mean, he's got to kind of like build rapport with, with the world, if you will, and, and to deceive people. You know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to clothe you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to house the homeless, he says on his website. You know, I'm going to feed the poor. I mean, it's complete socialism. Um, you know what he preaches when you, when you study his, his social doctrine, if you will. And uh, the scary thing is that the social doctrine, quote unquote, social doctrine of what's coming out of the post Vatican II church is exactly the same of Antichrist Maitreya. So if I were to go to the, to Antichrist Maitreya's website and show it to some Catholic, he'd be like, wow, that, that's what Vatican II teaches. And I said, yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so, so my point is, is, you know, the Vatican is even preparing the way for the Antichrist and his sharing program and his legitimate redistribution of wealth where you'll have, you know, the United Nations step in and tell the nations, Hey, hey, Michael, uh, I need your house out there in Los Angeles. We need, you know, it's for the, the betterment of the state. You know, they'll, they'll dictate to you what they believe, you know, you should be doing with your property and your food and all of your resources. I mean, doesn't sound very Christian to me if you're a Christian. And, and of course, the church condemns socialism and communism, but that's what we're dealing with. So, oh, yes. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. A little unstructured. That's no, okay. You know, I tried to jump a little bit around, but um, it makes for a great yeah. show, though, not to just stick on one thing to cover multiple things. It's It's always a good listen. Sure. But yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell. The only thing I had written down in terms of notes, which I wanted your your audience to uh, kind of understand the Catholic interpretation of. There's the Protestant interpretation of the whole when the when you see the fig tree bloom again type of thing. You know, then you know it's a generation away. You know, basically Jesus' second coming. Well, um, first of all, he's not talking about the puppet state of Israel that was established, who are largely are Khazarians. They're not even real Jews to begin with. I mean, the religious Jews in Israel don't even want a state. <laughs> I mean, That's literally, true. you'll have right. you'll have Orthodox Jews standing along traditional Catholics protesting the puppet state of Israel, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the bottom line is, in the end, the, the most imminent sign that Jesus is about to return is actually when the Jews convert to the Catholic Church. So you'll have, when the Antichrist shows up, you'll have uh, Elijah and Enoch show up onto the scene called the Two Witnesses, who have never really died, which makes for a whole other interesting talk. I mean, they literally have been living the whole time. They've never died. They're somewhere... You know, some church fathers said maybe they're out out in space somewhere or maybe they're uh, like somewhere on the planet. They're just kind of hidden away from the public, but they're going to come onto the scene and formally start to teach again. They're going to bring people into the Catholic Church. They're going to talk to the Jews and say how they've been wrong, you know, on on the true Christ and this or that. So anyway, the, the whole notion of the fig tree blooming again uh, from a Catholic perspective is when the Jews are grafted back into the church. Um, so it has nothing to do with, a, you know, a puppet state of Israel being, you know, established in, you know, 67 or whatever it was. So I put that, I always put that out there to at least get your listeners to, to know what the early church fathers taught. And, you know, you can take it or, or leave it at that, at that. Um, but 
Yeah, pretty pretty interesting yes. stuff. Um, it, it I don't know if you is. had any you know any questions. That sure. You wanted to... I, I just one had I just had one other thing, and uh, Eric, like many other guests before you that appear on this program, uh, a lot of them are surrounded by controversy, and of course you are no stranger of that. And um, I'm certain you are aware. Many have taken shots at you. There's blog sites dedicated to uh, demeaning you. <laughs> and sure. like, yeah, you, you know all about that. Sure. Are, are uh, those, know, that's good. Who are you these? Know, yeah, who are these people, by the way? Have you interacted with any of these people that have tried uh, to discredit you? Well, in terms of which ones, I mean, there's 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 a know, lot, there's a whole lot of them that yeah. don't like. It's not just like one or two websites. You got a lot of heat uh, on you. You have to realize, you know, I kind of came onto the scene just. Uh, you know, some years ago, you know, some of these websites, they've been around for a long period of time. So what is the, the natural tendency or human reaction when someone kind of steps on your turf and you start having success? Well, you got to try to, you got to try to demean, you have to try to find angles and, and different ways to where you can get people to stay away from your information and stay on your website. It becomes more economic based. Uh, you see, cause if, if, if people start to know about my website and they come to my website, uh, maybe they don't support those other websites anymore. I show the errors and heresies of some of these other websites. I mean, it depends on which one we're talking about. Like there's the Diamond Brothers out there. There's these two fake monks who call themselves monks who've been out there <laughs> and saying monks? I'm a fake and a fraud. They're not even real monks. Oh, they, my goodness. They were, they were literally sued some years ago for, for taking like $2 million from this guy who thought they were real monks oh, and they weren't no. real monks and he found that out. So they had to go through like a whole court process. Uh, they'll still tell you to your face that they're real monks, but they're not. They have no authority whatsoever in the church. And so what they had been doing for, for years is a lot of the teachers that I had, like priests that I was affiliated with, kind of like off the radar before I went formal, like a Father Kramer or some of the priests that I, you know, would, would more align myself with, like Father Hesses and the Archbishop of Hub. Well, they were kind of bad. Like, I mean, they wouldn't just try to demonstrate how we were wrong they were very like vindictive like they had one video on my former spiritual director where they said you know father kramer hates jesus and 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 mary like who the hell makes a like wow. a video like that to <laughs> try to dissuade the masses so what i'm saying is that they're kind of like ag agitators oh yes so anyone who knows me michael knows i don't i don't play games with people like that so you know, basically I called them out and they're heretics, by the way. They're not even real Catholics. They deny a Catholic doctrine in the church called baptism of desire, baptism of blood, which was solidified uh, during the Council of Trent. They deny that fact. And literally what they'll do is they'll try to work it in the opposite direction where they'll say anyone who doesn't believe in their fundamentalist position is outside the church. Uh, so literally they're Protestants trying to call real Catholics Protestants and they try to just dissuade people, um, you know, from, from what true Catholic teaching is. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. They're crazy as hell. Those people, I mean, they're literally nuts. I mean, I've, I, like I've had people come on my show and they said, why don't you just go on the show and debate these guys? I said, there'd be nothing to debate. I, they're not going to out talk or over talk me. I mean, it's not going to be a situation. <laughs> I mean, I just don't play nice with people like that. And uh, so, you know, they just, they had to put out hit pieces and try to demonstrate how at a certain point, you know, I was using, uh, social media to help graph some, some more niche markets into my, you know, kind of pot and, and, and people took it as, you know, me being like a fraud across the board. When I explained for years, you know, what I had been doing, I don't even use, uh, the certain tactics anymore. And what's kind of interesting is they actually use social media help themselves, like Google, Google ads. So they're being hypocritical, uh, in that same, uh, sense. 
Um, and then, you know, some of the other ones I've been labeled a, a pornographer because I have an adult ministry. I literally, you know, will reach out to girls in the adult industry. As a matter of fact, there's one right there in Los Angeles that I talk to on a daily basis. She left the pornographic industry working on getting her out of the escort industry. Big name pornographic actress I talk to almost on a nightly basis, but she's about to move, by the way. Um, I think I might know who you're talking about. I'm forgetting her name though. But we, we don't have to mention Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's I, yeah, I, I think I do know who you're talking about, though. I think I might have uh, ran into her, actually, at uh, at a conference, of all places. Well, there, there's there's a few. Um, well, I know one that, that did get out. I know her, her her stage name was Jenna Presley. I had her on the show, Brittany De La Mora. Uh, it's, it's not her that I'm thinking about. Actually, there, there's there's two girls in L.A. now that I think about it. I don't know if she's still going to be moving to Alabama or not. But, yeah, I'll try to keep that under wraps. But, anyway, people will try to lump okay. me into, you know, that category of being a pornographer because I reach out to, you know, girls in the pornographic industry who are escorts, you know, even dancers, strippers. You know, I try to be a positive influence, try to show them what the church teaches. There's a few of these girls who are pretty close to becoming Catholic and um, they may have even gone into that Garden Grove church that I was telling you about. Um, uh, and so it just kind of depends because within the traditional Catholic world, there's so many, uh, how do we put this? There's so many topics to which could divide us. Right now, the, one of the other topics is who is, you know, the actual Pope. So there's some of us who think it's Pope Benedict XVI and there's others, uh, you know, such as John Salza, who was an ex-Freemason, who me and my spiritual director still think he's a Freemason, you know, trying to basically paint those who are saying Francis is the Pope isn't uh, uh, or is the Pope that we are outside the church, which is not true at all, because we've even had some saints who have chosen wrongly uh, back in the medieval times over who was the actual Pope. St. Vincent of Ferrier comes to mind. I mean, there's a lot of it's it's pretty nasty within the traditional Catholic world. You would think it'd be a little bit more charitable. And I know, like I said, I, I try to do my best to be as charitable in, in certain situations. I don't put myself into these kind of like formal debate situations. I don't even give people like the Diamond Brothers the time. I mean, they're just flat out nuts. I remember the first time I tried debating one of their people. Uh, I mean, after 10 minutes, they hung up, right? They didn't want to debate me anymore on the phone. Then literally in the middle of the night, they were texting me the whole night and calling me and pranking me. Oh, my. And I had, then I had some of their people come on my website uh, within, uh, you know, a few years ago. And all they were doing was posting, you know, those hit pieces they had on me. But they were literally standing by the computer. And after I would delete it, putting it right back up like 30 seconds later. Now, what psychopath sits by the computer 30 seconds after I delete something, reposting it. Like there's something not mentally right, you know, with their followers. And again, you know, oh, sometimes you, 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 uh, piss off the autistic crowd out there. <laughs> well, that's just it. That, I guess that's kind of my thing is like, I'm, I'm pretty blunt. I'm pretty, you know, forward. So when I have to say something about someone, you know, perhaps that wrong, you know, rubs people the wrong way. And, and then once you do it, people will automatically try to run something and get something on your head. So <laughs> you and me both. You know, what's that? I said you and me both. Yeah, and so it just becomes kind of like a high school game to where I, I yeah. kind of sit back and I, I look at it as kind of like entertainment. Um, You know, there was other hit pieces where there was propaganda being spread where I had, like, I was bringing, you know who David Dees is, that artist? Oh, yes. He was supposed to be on the program, actually. Okay, yeah, David. But he's, yeah, he's David. a little intimidated of me. I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> His words, not mine. Uh, well, he came on my show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, that David and Ben Garrison I had on, that other political cartoonist. Well, anyway, they did some pictures 
uh, for me. And what I typically do with those guests, I, I say, hey, just drop a, a general picture for Tradcat Night, and I'll backlink your website to it. Well, someone had, you know, put a hit piece out here, you know, hit piece out there saying, look how, you know, look where your donations are going to, you know, to Tradcat Night. It's going to fund, you know, these stupid pictures or whatever. I never paid a dime to those people. So it's literally just people making up stories and just basically doing anything they can to get people away from my website because they know how successful I've been in a short period of time. I basically stepped onto their turf. We're doing, you know, the things that I do, we're, we're very, niche if you will there's no other traditional catholic website that's covering cern you know that's covering the geoengineering aspect that's covering all this like the end times like end game related material so you'll see people drop off of those websites come to mine and they're, they're just they're looking for anything you know there was a, at one point last year michael because i use a the symbology of an eagle right the double-headed eagle uh is actually a catholic uh, symbol which was ripped off by the Freemasons because you'll notice uh, 33rd degree Freemasons, Scottish Rite specifically, use a double-headed eagle. Uh, right. But that was ripped off. Again, Freemasonry is a counterfeit religion to the true religion of the Catholic religion. So they oftentimes will rip off our symbols or this or that. So I literally had people running around you know, saying I was a 33rd degree Freemason. I had Jew in the middle of my name, so now <laughs> I'm a Jewish double agent. You know, it's like – I mean, seriously, you see some of the most hilarious things to where – like at first – you know, I would go into some of these websites and I would literally start giving it to, to some of these people, like, personally. Are you sure and you're an just, agent for uh, Mossad, Eric? What's that? Yeah, the Mossad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, at, at a certain point, you just kind of sit back and you, you kind of look at it more as a, you know, a form of entertainment. Because really, in reality, what they've done is they've actually only driven more more people to my website. So anytime Correct. they talk about me and they yeah. think they're 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 dissuading the masses, they're actually driving more people to my website. I don't think they're smart enough to to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's brutal within the traditional Catholic market, if you will. I mean, it's, it's pretty cutthroat. I do my best to really kind of stay out of the. Yeah, people get nasty on the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's Tony Tough Guy, you know, when you're a hundred miles away. But, oh, yes. You know, as I said, <laughs> I would like, to, I would just like to see, you know, the Diamond Brothers come up to me publicly and say that to my face. Because, oh, they would never do that. No, they would not. And they know that. And, uh, you know, so that's just how it is. And, it is what it is, Michael. You know, like I said, it, anyone who's in, in the public eye, like yourself, I'm sure you're getting it to some degree. All like the I time. Know Dabu, All Dabu the time. Seven gets it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some of the other websites that recently have had a lot of issues. It's just, you know, that's how that's just how it gets. Yeah. You know, when you start having success, people want to label it, label you as a disinformationist or some sort of double agent. I've or, been told you know, that about myself since 2014, and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, the, the latest is, uh, you know, just with the whole donation aspect, which I just kind of use for my apostle in general. Of course, we have to keep, you know, on top of certain, you know, platforms to keep everything kind of running. But, you know, I kind of left the world. I don't have. You know, well, that takes like, money. I, you know, it's not it's not free to, to run well, a stream. That's what I'm and, I don't know. I don't provide. Yeah. I'm not one of those websites which say, you know, like John B. Wells, you know, he'll, he'll have what, like $10 a month or $20 a month to get his talks or, or some of these other traditional websites where if you want to have, you know, exclusive material and their print material, you know, pay $20. Well, I don't do anything, you know, like that. I, you know, all my information is free. I just simply ask in charity, you know, to donate to this apostle. You know, I kind of left the world per se. Right. I, I, you know, kind of embraced St. Francis's model of, you know, poverty. You know, obedience, chastity, things along those lines. So I'm not, I'm not interested in making money, 
you know, as these people are trying to portray it, like I'm just like after your money and I'm just, you know, some kind of end time disinformationist. I mean, I literally use that money to try to help those less fortunate, like in the neighborhood, you know, help the homeless, obviously just for my, for myself to keep up on, you know, dental work and, and kind of, you know, things along that line. But you, you, you see how people get nasty, you know, like, they no, sure you, should do. Go, you, you should go and, and get yourself a job then or something. I'm like, this is my job. And I, I know for a fact that I work, I put in more hours than you do over the course of a week. Cause I don't, I don't take any days off. I mean, it's, it's, it's constant, you know, it's Sunday through Sunday, constant information. And it's never yeah. ending, right? Yeah. It's never ending. So, um, yeah, just, it's just more you know, fun stuff, but yeah, it's, it gets pretty, it gets pretty wacky out there, but oh, it's yes. not going to end. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like traditionalists in the traditional Catholic world are all going to come together at a certain point. It's just, it is what it is. It, it's not really going to get any better per se. I mean, we all have to be more charitable, myself included. Um, but you know, th- it comes at a certain point where, you know, you see, you know, you, you see yourself getting attacked and, you know, you, you don't want to be full of self-love, right, to where you, you shouldn't care because you really shouldn't care what people say. But then there's also been saints who have said, you know, you still have the right to kind of defend your name. So, like I said, I've literally gone to some of these people personally on their own websites and, and kind of called them out, and they just blocked me. And after about five minutes, they, they realize they're not as tough as they think they are. And even on the Internet, they just don't even want to deal with me. And, th- and that's just how it is. I'm, I'm going to continue to defend myself. I'm the same sure. way. I'm the same way. I've. I've trashed people here, and rightfully so. Um, I'm not going to apologize for anyone that I've trashed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's well-deserved in my opinion. And, you know, if anyone has an issue with that, I'm more than happy to debate them on that issue. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad your will has not been broken either. No, no, not at all. Like I said, it's it's just it's all part of the game. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, as a Christian, we, we know we're going to have to suffer a bad name, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I knew long ago that once thing, like once I kind of knew the direction of, of where I, I knew God wanted me to go with this, I mean, I knew we were going to encounter these situations because I knew I would be stepping on toes. Oh, yes. You're literally, you're literally taking away. <laughs> you sound like you know, me now. Yeah. You, you take away from the economics of these other websites. That's really what it comes down to. Um, when you start, you know, taking some of your, their, their listeners and their followers and, you know, we're at a point now to where, you know, our viewership has never been better. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of questions coming in. I'm able to bring in like big time names, you know, to the show and they don't, they don't like that. You know, that, that bothers them. And, uh, you know, you know, I just do my best on a daily basis to try to get out kind of like the best of the best from the traditional world. Um, so I try to get out articles. I source, uh, every article where they come from. I'll write my own articles. I got, you know, the, the radio show going. We're kind of like the SGT report of, of the traditional Catholic world for those who are familiar with Sean's work at SGT report. And I, I kind of talk to him off and on, uh, you know, behind the scenes and helping, you know, him find guests. He'll try to find, you know, me guests. We kind of work back and forth, but, nice, um, nice. You know, that's just how it is. And again, people, some people just, they don't like that. You know, they'll never, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the Patriots with the Super Bowl. I mean, everyone was kind of rooting against them because you don't want to see success after success after success after success. You just kind of, it's just human nature. You, you just, you want to see something, you want to kind of see them fail, basically. You got to root for the underdog every now and then. Sure. Well, like I said, I mean, I, you know, I do my best as long as the information is, is similar to mine of getting out different 
people who are more new to the traditional world and try to recycle, uh, you know, recirculate their information, you know, kind of like as a network. Um, so I, you know, I'm not hating in that respect. I mean, there's certainly, you're not going to see me post, uh, people who are, who, how do I put this? Who were, were different on positions, like, especially with, with, uh, on the issue of like Francis and Benedict. It's not like you're going to see me post a, a pro Francis as, as Pope, as the right. true Pope type of post, but I well, try to keep, you know, mm-hmm. similar information and, you know, like I said, it's it's pretty cutthroat out there, and uh, yeah, I know that's I always so. an asked question. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I was doing a live show, Michael, down in uh, where was it? Uh, I was doing Jeff Crowair's show. It was down in um, Ringside Politics in, in Louisiana. One of the Diamond Brothers happened to call up, like oh, one of his my. followers. He's like, you know, you know, you're a fake, and you're and he started like really going off on that rant. I went off on this guy, like you know, like on on live TV, and I started you know trying to you know he was trying to like over talk me and out talk me. It was just just not going to happen. And, you know, he basically hung up after like a couple of minutes and I had to kind of like explain, you know, over and over again, as I've been doing, you know, what we do at donations, you know, in terms of social media help and, and things along that line. But that's how they are. I mean, I'm telling you, they're crazy. They're really, they're really crazy. Those Vatican Catholic dudes. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can, you know, maybe in the next, uh, month or so when I'm putting together this presentation on the Antichrist, like I said, I'm going to be doing, you know, my next round of tour, getting back out there, nice. you know, SGT report, Sarah Westall, you know, late night in the Midlands. I mean, all, all, you know, the different types of shows that I'm hitting up and I'll certainly come back on. If you, you want me to come back on, we could talk specifically, you know, about this uh, antichrist and how he is the one, you know, I'll demonstrate via scripture, via Catholic tradition, via all these proved prophecies that demonstrate, you know, what is said. And then what he's saying and how it perfectly, you know, aligns. And I'll just give one, one, one thing away nice. you know, with the, with the whole Jerusalem thing. Okay. He's connected to Jerusalem, what's called the new Jerusalem project. And again, it's, it's, it's Rothschild related. Uh, again, the whole 666 hand sign that's literally going to be that abomination of desolation will be his image that will be set up worldwide. You, you pretty much see it in the Asian countries now, you know, the whole Asian, you know, the, uh, Maitreya Buddhist statue. But in, in that statue, you know, he's making that 666, uh, hand sign. So, um, that's where, that's where all road, all roads lead back to this, uh, particular character. So perfect. Yeah. I'll be more than glad to have you back on the program and we'll talk about that very in the, in the very near future, rather. Yeah. And I, well, I, I do want to thank you very much for being a part of the program and spending some time with us all here and. Um, again, thanks for being on and I apologize for, uh, lagging so long to bring you on. Well, it's good to get on your show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if, if you're willing, like I'll try to help you get some guests. And if you know of, you know, maybe some other guests or related, you know, radio shows and podcasts that'll have me on, we can kind of network that way and kind of, I can help you. You can help me type of thing. I know. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, did you, did you follow Anthony's work? Anthony Patch, have you ever had him on? I haven't had him on, but it, it's funny you mentioned him because I had emailed him a um, couple couple days ago, actually. Yeah, you should be hearing from him. He, he's pretty good. I'll, I'll if you want, I'll, I'll message him and and let him know that you, know, you should come on this show. Uh, I messaged Sean and Sarah, and he got onto their shows pretty quickly, and he you know he followed up and just wanted to thank me. But yeah, Anthony's good. He'll cover the whole CERN and a you know That'd the whole fun. artificial intelligence because at, at a certain point with the whole art, artificial intelligence thing is that scripture says that Maitreya's image, you know, the Antichrist's image is going to come to life. 
So this is where we get into the whole AI and, you know, we see like, you know, holographic images with blue, you know, Project Blue Beam, kind of like a, a merger between science and I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I mean, it's going to be pretty bizarre to see kind of a statue coming to life, as oh, scripture yes. says, but artificial intelligence. I mean, it, it, we're, we're headed down that. That's that, coming that up. Throat. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there's a few guests I'll shoot your way. Sure. A number yeah. of them popped in my head when we were talking. So I think you would do uh, great with some of these people. I'll send them your way. All right. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate it. And hopefully some of your, some of your listeners learned a little bit about uh, the three days of darkness from uh, a traditional Catholic perspective. And that's really what we were after in this, this talk. But it was good to hit on some of these other topics. I thought it was a fantastic listen. And by the way, Eric, uh, go ahead and plug your, your website. Sure. Uh, the website is tradcatnight.blogspot.com. Again, the page is updated daily along the right-hand side. You're going to find the, the, the daily Twitter news feeds. So I'm pumping out all kind, you know, hundreds of news stories coming from all around the world as it relates to, you know, the end times and church uh, apostasy news. You can also find Tradcat Night on YouTube, on Twitter. You can search basically any social media platform, Google Plus, uh, you know, Twitter all across the board and just kind of get plugged into the information. And like I said, I'm just doing my best to, to get out as much information as time will allow, you know, on a daily basis and trying to provide, you know, the insights uh, because I've got about two decades of knowledge on and off studying, you know, end times, then also secret societies and, and basically how everything kind of everything ties, ties together. So, right. Yeah. It truly does. It's, it's um very fascinating. And of course, Eric, uh, never let anyone uh, break your will. Sometimes you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one way of putting it. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's more comical at this point. It's more like sitting back with popcorn and just, you know, seeing what the next, next hit piece is, but it's to be expected. You know, if you're a public figure, you just, it's just to be expected. You know, Jesus came and walked this earth and he was God from our perspective, from our Christian perspective. And he was, you know, bad mouth and, and, and said to be a blasphemer and to be of the devil and this. So what makes me think as just, you know, a mere creature that I'm going to get anything less than what he got. So it's just, it just comes with the, it comes with the territory of not only being a Christian or Catholic more specifically in this world, which can't stand Catholics anymore. And it's part of the reason why God has to do what he has to do. He's got to kind of get the balance going back into our favor, so, so to speak. But yep, it is what it is. And, uh, right. Yeah, we'll pro- we'll keep plugging along. No problem. Well, thanks again, Eric, and I'll talk to you in the very near future, my friend. All right, sounds good, Michael. Have All a good right. night now. Good night. Take care. And that was my guest, Eric Gajewski. Great guest. Had fun talking to him. Sometimes uh, you got to step on a few toes, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, never forget, this is a live call-in show. Many of you uh, seem to forget, if you ever want to call in, don't be afraid. It's okay. You could call in whenever you'd like. And also, let me remind you, you can go to michaeldeacon.com to check out any previous show you might have missed. The show completely depends on its listeners. That means you sitting there on your phone or your computer. I depend on all of you out there to spread the word. And please do so. And if you like this program, you can go to michaeldeacon.com and donate a few dollars. Help keep this uh stream alive. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Sherry. Wow.
Oh my! Yeah. 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 the Illuminati Yeah. 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 Giving me like bullshit. Like, if I just see it, it's clear. <laughs> How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Hogan right now. It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 776. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the button, and then you got Nick Bob asking, well, you know, you talk to them. I'll bring you back, you talk to them. That's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have From one of the most incredibly well rounded shows. Introducing the greatest tag team on the radio. Guess what, motherfuckers? Successfully, victory.